1: Thank you for joining us. God sent His only Son, His sinless Son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without His selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Malachi chapter 2, verses 1
2: through 9. And there you'll find these words. And now, O priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse over your faces, (laughs) the refuse of your solemn feasts, and one will take you away with it. Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, one of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge and people should seek the law from his mouth. For he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts, but you have departed from the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, I also have made you contemptible and base before all the people, because you have not kept my ways, but have shown partiality in the law. And from this particular passage of Scripture, we want to preach the priests who were so near, yet so far. Repeat after me. The priests who were so near, yet so far. Thank you. In this particular passage, we have priests who were called by God to be his representative before his people and to represent God. What a privilege and high calling to be charged with the responsibility of handling sacred things. The priests were chosen by God. The priests wore holy garments designed by God. They were in the temple, but they served God in the wrong way and with the wrong attitude. The priests were so near. They were so visible and yet so far from God. Beloved, is that you today? You are at the church You're in the right clothes in the church. If you have a Bible, raise your Bible up. Let me just see your Bible. Just wave it unto the Lord. You you have the Bible in your hand, the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. But some of you serve God out of duty, even with the Bible, a loss of joy, bad attitude. Even with the Bible in your hand, a judgmental spirit, with the Bible in your hand, dressed up in church, bored, sleepy, or your mind is wandering who knows where, are you like the priest that God called Malachi to rebuke? The passage can be broken down this way. If you have your pen and, and paper, you can write the outline as the Lord has given it to me. Verses 1 through 3 Is God's rebuke and warning to the corrupt priests. Verses 1 through 3 is God's rebuke and warning to the corrupt priests. Verses 4 and 5, it's also on the screen for your information. Verses 4 and 5, the divine privileges given to the priest. Verses 6 and 7, the qualities of a righteous priest. And verses 8 and 9, the rebellion of the priest. I'll repeat it to make sure you got it, and let's say it together, if you will. Verses 1 through 3 is what? God's rebuke and warning to the corrupt priest. Verses 4 and 5, the divine privileges given to the priest. Verses 6 and 7, the qualities of a what? Righteous priest. And verses 8 and 9, the rebellion of the priest. Let's look at verses 1, 2, and 3, God's rebuke and warning to the corrupt priest. The scripture says... And now, O priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces, the refuse of your solemn feast, and one will take you away with it. God's rebuke and warning to the corrupt priests. In verses 1 and 2, God rebukes the priests and gives them a severe warning. If they fail to hear God and serve him with their whole heart in their priestly function, he would put them away. For this is the only way to give God glory. If the priest fails to take heed, God threatened to curse the priests and their blessings, which had already begun. God told the priests, as you can see in the verse, through the prophet Malachi. Look at look at the verse. I will curse your blessings. Underline that, unless it's not your Bible. That's very significant. Let's just exegete. I will what curse your blessings, which meant that their unique priestly function would no longer have the anointing of God. The unique priestly functions would no longer have the anointing of God, and it also means that their service in the temple would be vain and useless. Their service in the temple would be vain and useless. Beloved, when you know what the Bible says and defiantly reject what the Word of God has told us, God will not only curse the priest's blessings, but he will curse even our blessings today. How, how, do you really, how many of you believe that God can curse today? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is the same God, and he will deal with us if we're rebellious and refuse to hear. How can he curse your blessing? He can, he can take your job. He can take your job. You won't honor me with tithes and offerings. You won't give me my respect. It won't even come to church. Then I'll take your job. You work so much you can't come to worship. He'll take your position. He'll demote you on that job. He'll curse, your, he'll curse your status. Take your status away. He can curse your health. He can curse your dreams. How many of you all want to see big things happen in your life? How many of you all are dreamers? You have a dream, a vision. I mean, whatever age you are, you have a vision for, the, for, for God to do something in your life. Even Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. I believe we all ought to be, be a dreamer. We ought to have a vision uh, from the Lord for our life. And we ought not just live, we ought to have a purpose in our living. Amen? But do you realize whatever your dreams and your visions are, God can curse those dreams and they come up to absolutely nothing. When God curses uh, blessings, uh, God will cause the weapons formed against us not to prosper, but to prosper. That's bad when the weapons formed against us prosper because we have been cursed, because we are wayward and rebellious. He will break down your car. If you don't break down the car, he can take your car. He can bring financial calamity in your home. He can allow, God can allow confusion to dominate your home. It's a dangerous thing when God curses your blessings. The same God that gives can Take away. Even Brother Job says that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The great God who blesses can be the great God who takes. And Sometimes there's a blessed addition and sometimes there's a blessed subtraction in your life to get you where God wants you to be. Sometimes you have so much you leave God out and forget the blesser. Look at verse 3. He says, it gets even deeper, y'all. He says, the Lord says in verse 3, Behold, underline this now, I will rebuke your descendants. Your, some, says, some translations say seed. I will rebuke your descendants. The word descendants refer to uh, your children. He says, not only I'm going to get you, priests. your children. I- I'll use your children. I'll bring the curse on your children, and i even turn your children against you. God would even cause the children who were to be a blessing to become a burden. He said, I'll make your children become a grief. I'll make your children become a headache to you. I'll turn your children against you. I'll raise them up. Instead of you whooping them, I'll make them whoop you. I'll I'll cause your children to make you run out of the house. Oh, God doesn't play. Then the Lord also says in verse 3, it gets even deeper from one level down to the next level. And then this gets, God is so angry until look what he says through the prophet Malachi. He says uh, in verse three, I'll spread refuse on your faces and on your solemn feast. The refuse from the sacrifice was taken outside of the camp and burned. Leviticus, hold your finger where you are, but turn to Leviticus chapter 16, verse 27. The refuse, uh, the waste, was taken out and, and burned uh, lest it defile the temple. Uh, after the sacrifices, the waste was taken out of the camp, outside of the camp, and burned. Leviticus sixteen twenty seven says, The bull and goat given as a sin offering, whose blood Aaron brought into the most holy place to make atonement for Israel, will be carried outside the camp and be to be what? Burn. This includes, listen, the animal's hides, the internal organs, and the dung. I'm reading here from the New Living Translation. Uh, You know what dung is, don't you? It's it's, it's excrement. In other words, God gets, God God doesn't play. He said, you know what? God is saying here that he would humiliate the priest by wiping their own faces with the excrement of the sacrifices. In other words, God was saying, I've been smelling your stench far too long. It's about time you smelt your own stench and to be put out of the temple. For, it, for, for the end of verse 3 says, and one will take you away with it. Since their service amounted to animal excrement, God rejected it and put the priest out. Now, that, now, y'all, you think God is upset? He said, I'll take the dung, the manure, the excrement. Nobody like that old smelly stuff. And I'll I, I take that stuff, the way you've been treating me, and I will wash your face with it. I'm, that's, that's all your service and your ceremonial and your ritual is to me. And let me tell you something, y'all. The same God who was upset at how the priests had defiled themselves in the holy place, in the temple, much of what is done in the house of God today adds up to stitch. You come to church today and your mind is wondering who knows where, or you come to church today and serve God with a half heart, or you come to church today and you're watching the clock to see how soon it is getting out. You, you come here, can't wait to go. You have not worship. You come to church and just go through the motion, wish the preacher hurry up and sit down, or say he ain't talking to me, brother Joe should have been here. Stinch! What God is saying is that why come in here and stink up the place? Stink up the place. Verses 4 and 5 the divine privileges given to the priests. Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The priests were qualified to serve in the temple because they were descendants from the tribe of Levi. Only the tribe of Levi was authorized to serve God in the temple. They were set apart for the services of God. The priest took the office of serving in the priesthood for granted and forgot the covenant which God made with Aaron and his grandson Phinehas. It was a great privilege to be a priest, it was a great privilege to minister in the temple and to teach the law of God to the people. But the priest had no fear of God. And their hearts were not right with God, even though they were descendants from the tribe of Levi, which was the only tribe that God set apart to do services unto him. Let me show you back historically, biblically, uh, some associated texts with what we just shared. Look at Numbers chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Numbers chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Are y'all keeping up with me? Numbers chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Look what it says there. Now behold, I myself have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine. See there? The Levites shall be whose? God's. Mine. Because all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. priest set apart. Uh, for divine purposes and services unto the Lord. In Numbers chapter 1, verses 47 through 54. In Numbers chapter 1, verses 47 through 54. Look what it says, here, beloved. Numbers 1, 47 through 54. But the Levites were not numbered among them by their father's tribe. For the Lord had spoken to Moses, saying, Only the tribe of Levi you shall not number, nor take a census of them among the children of Israel. But you shall appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony over all its furnishings, and over all things that belong to it. They shall carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings. They shall attend to it and camp around the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle is to go forward, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be set up, the Levites shall what? Set it up. The outsiders who comes near shall be what? Put to death. That's why they t- camped around the tabernacle, to keep people, the common people, from getting too close, you got too close, you would be struck down, struck down. Verse 52, the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, everyone by his own camp, everyone by his own standard, according to their armies. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle. Why? Because they were assigned uh, to be uh, the stewards over sacred things, you see. But the Levites shall keep around the tabernacle of the testimony that there be no wrath on the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall keep charge over the tabernacle of testimony. Thus the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they did. So you see, here, the tribal Levite was the tribe set aside to serve God. And even remember the count with Uzzah, the animal stumbled, and the ark was about to fall. It shifted, and Uzzah, with good intention, tried to keep the ark from what? Falling, and in his good intention, he was struck down. Now, that seemed kind of crude. They said, why? Matter of fact, everybody was disturbed. Joshua was disturbed. They were all disturbed. But you got to understand, God took his word seriously because only the Levites were to touch that ark or handle that ark, and anybody else who touched who were not authorized was struck down. As a matter of fact, Uzzah's death was because of the Levites' unalertness. Had the Levites been alert, they would have grabbed the ark, kept Uzzah from touching, and maybe Uzzah would have lived. So actually, Uzzah died from the negligence of the priests. Boy, that's deep there. That's a whole other thing. Oh, God help me. And so that whole account, the priests were to handle the sacred things. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23, Ezekiel forty-four twenty-three. 23. If you can't find it, just jot it down and read it in your quiet time. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23, it says, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. The people, that, that was their responsibility, to teach the people between holy and unholy that which is clean and unclean. Beloved, the only way to have life and peace is through obedience to the law of God and a deep reverence for God. In other words, God will not bless or prosper those who are unfaithful to him. He will not bless or prosper those who are not faithful. Only those who are faithful, only those who revere and fear him will be blessed and prosper. In Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 40 in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40, it says, it says, you shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments which I commend you today, that it may go, what? Well with you and with your children after you, that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time. Let me tell you something, parents. When you live right, you live holy, you mean business for God, you lead your family in the way of God, you bring them to church to worship God, you live by the precepts and commandments and statutes of Almighty God. Not only will God bless you, he'll bless your whole house because of your faithfulness to the word of God. Because of your faithfulness to the word of God. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mightest deserve to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Success comes from being Faithful to the word of God. Be it known to you today, if you are faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. If you are faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. Look at verses 6 and 7. Look what it says. Verses 6 and 7 is the qualities of a righteous priest. Verse 6 says, the law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. Verse 7. For the lips of the priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek for law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Here I see the qualities of a righteous priest. And the first quality of the righteous priest is that the law of truth is in his mouth. The law of truth is in his mouth. In other words, those who are stewards of the word of God must preach and teach the word of truth. John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. You can't get up here preaching in and everything. Only the truth gonna set folk free. Not political correctness, not little sermonettes which make Christianettes, not little nice easy sayings, not little messages that pamper little feel-good stuff to make you think you kind of good. You need to leave here weeping over your sins, mourning over your sins. Listen, you ought to leave here mad and disturbed about your condition. That's a sure sign that you're on your way to a healthy relationship with Almighty God. The priests were responsible to teach the word of God and to live by the very word they taught. They taught. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 11 says, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Be it known to you today, beloved, that's why I teach so hard. That's why I preach so hard. And some people say, well, you get lengthy sometimes. That's so good. Well, sin is lengthy too. Folks always ask me sometimes, I'm HUB, people have seen me a long time. Folks ask me, especially common people, uh, just regular folks, they say, are, are you still preaching? And I say, well, are, you, are folks still sinning? Are they cussing and lying? Amen. Are they homongering. They still going to strip joints? long as they're doing that, I'll be preaching. When they stop, I'll stop. will not y'all say amen? amen? It's too much sin for me to stop preaching. Ain't no such thing as re- retiring from preaching. Maybe pastoring, but not preaching. Amen. Are demons still on the loose? Amen. The devil is still, still messing with you? Amen. Well, I got to preach. Do folk come in here with hell in them? Yeah. And I got to preach it out of them too. <laughs> Y'all, preaching is serious business. I like the word preach. P-R-E-A-C-H. I preach to R-E-H-H. R-E-A-C-H. Reach E-A-C-H. Each individual with the good news of Jesus Christ. I preach to reach each person. With the good news of Jesus Christ? You say, do you get tired? Yeah, I get tired. But you know how Jim Brown, how many of y'all, those old folks don't know, but how many of y'all knew Jim Brown? Yeah, Cleveland Brown. Boy, he walked to that huddle soul looked like he not gonna barely get nothing. And then you put him down there in that stance, and he run that ball, bust through for another 15 yards, looking, looking like he tired. And that's what, that's what when a person loves the word of God, I don't care how tired you are. I have preached sick. I don't. actually, Matter of fact, when I am not feeling well, you, I don't. I don't ever approach this with Oh y'all, I am so tired this morning. Tell me, will y'all please pray for me? I don't know if I'm. I got a tummy ache. I got diarrhea. I got this or whatever. Wait a minute now. Listen, y'all say, well, he's worse off than I am. Maybe he need to sit out and let somebody work on him. I got issues just like everybody else, but glamorizing my issues ain't going to help you. Won't you say amen? Only the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's another folk with complaining and stuff. I get up here, the issue is not about me, it's about Jesus and you seeing Christ in, in me.
1: As Pastor Rander concludes this series, Let us respond to Jesus Christ's priceless sacrifice, freely given for our salvation through never-ending praise, obedience to his word, belief in his birth, burial and resurrection, thankfulness for our salvation, and remembering that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org.